0: Hey, fifth graders, I'm here bringing you chapter 18 and 19, A Fish in a Tree. We're almost halfway done. Chapter 18, Truths and Untruths. Keisha drops into her seat, annoyed that Mr. Daniels has had asked her to do a paper over because he knows she can do better. I've always hated hearing that from teachers. And then I realized I've never heard it from Mr. Daniels. And all of a sudden, that bugs me. Since the day of the mystery boxes, I keep thinking about how good it felt to do something right. To fit in. That's what I want. To feel like everyone else. To be told that the work I know is terrible, isn't good enough. I want him to tell me I can do better and see it in his face that he really thinks so. And then I remember that it is the best I can do. I haven't written in class since I had the fake sling on my arm. After three days of wearing it, Mr. Daniels told me he was going to have the nurse call my mom about my arm. So I figured I'd better lose the sling. So now I'm stuck. I don't know who to be the one who admits that I can't do it, or the pretender. Finally, I decide I'll give Mr. Daniel something so, so terrible that he'll have to ask me to do it over. I don't even try to spell anything correctly like I usually do. I just put a whole bunch of letters together that even I know d- d- I know make no sense. I walk up and hand it to him instead of putting it in the cu- assignment cubby. Thanks, Allie, but if you're done, why don't you put it in the cubby? I push it toward him a little more. I thought you may want to check it over. We lock eyes for a few seconds and then he reaches out to take it from me. Okay, he says. He looks at it. His eyebrows scrunch up and then he looks back up at me. He stays quiet, thinking I can tell. I hear it in my head. Do better, Allie. And I would. I would magically do better and Mrs. Silver would carry a trophy for me so big she'd have to carry it on her back. Allie? Huh. I said that you can just put it in your cubby. And the pictures in my head pop like bubbles. I walk away without taking it back. As soon as we all sit down in the cafeteria, Keisha announces to Albert, Okay, this has been killing me all day long. What? I ask. Albert, so this flint shirt that you wear every day? He interrupts. I do not in fact wear the same shirt every day. I have five identical ones. Keisha's eyes are wide. Seriously, Albert? You bought the same shirt five times? He doesn't seem to think it's a big deal. It's the one I liked. Well, anyway, Albert, I finally found out what the heck your shirt means. I googled Flint and you know what I found? It's a place in Michigan, a kind of rock, something people use to make campfires and what arrowheads are made of and a kind of sneaker. Albert, did you hear me? What is with the Flint shirt? That just makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. Albert fidgets. Hey, Albert, I say, you okay? You know Keisha didn't mean any harm. She just, I am quite aware of her intentions. I worry. What are those? to find out why I wear the shirt. Funny how my brain wants to make things complicated and his just cuts to the simplest thing. Well, the simplest thing with a bunch of fancy words and mile-long sentences. The meaning of my shirt is not any of those things. He closes his eyes before he takes a deep breath. Flint is an immortal genius from Star Trek. Season 3, episode 19. It is titled Requiem for... Kaisha laughs, interrupting him. Albert, are you kidding me? Albert clears his throat and glances at the clock. Albert, I say, poking the side of Keisha's leg. Go ahead. I want to know. After that day of being mean, I want to be extra nice. So Flint is a smart guy, I ask. Albert readjusts himself in his seat. Flint goes away to his own planet. He puts up invisible barriers so that others won't sense life forms there. He creates robots to protect himself and keep him company. They are predictable. Sounds super weird if you ask me, says Keisha. Why wouldn't he live on Earth with people? He once lived on Earth, and he left to be alone. He wanted to be alone. Keisha falls forward, dropping her arms on the table. Why the heck would a man leave Earth with everything here to go off and sit on some rock in space all by himself? Well, he says it to retreat. He says it's to retreat from the unpleasantness of Earth and the company of people. Then he looks up right into my eyes. I can see that. I can see why someone would want to avoid being with other people. A great number of them are not very nice to me. And well, listen, Albert, Keisha's voice has softened. I didn't mean, Albert interrupts. I was not implying it was you who was not kind to me. I'm relieved, but there are others who are not kind, he said. Chapter 19, Not-So-Sweet Secret. Just as I thought, my mother smiles when she sees Albert, Keisha, and me walk into Peterson's. She seats us in a booth right in the middle of the restaurant and takes our order. Keisha sits next to me, and Albert fills a good part of the seat across from us. So, Keisha begins, thanks for inviting us to ice cream. You're welcome. Must be cool to come here every day, she says. Is the ice cream free? My mom doesn't let me have ice cream more than once a week. And it isn't free, but we get it for half off, I think, I tell them. So do either of you ever miss Miss Hall, Albert says. Our old teacher, Mrs. Hall? She was okay, but I like Mr. Daniels way more. He's nice. He is, Keisha says. Goofy, but in a good way. Yeah, I say. Um, Sorry, I lost my spot. I do not think he is a trusting person, Albert says. Mr. Daniels, I ask? He inquired about my bruises. I think he hypothesized that they came from my parents. Then I had to speak to the school psychologist. My parents rescue insects and arachnids from our home, taking them outside rather than killing them. It's illogical for my parents to save spiders and hit their own son. I look over at Keisha, hoping she knows what to say. She doesn't. Well, Albert, even I've wondered where all those bruises come from. His voice is quiet, like a boy, not a robot version of one. There is a group of boys. I meet them many days after school. You meet them? Keisha asks. Well, no, he says. They meet me. "'I'm sorry,' I say. "'He nods once and then stares at the floor. "'Can't you tell anyone?' I ask. "'Well, do you at least hit them back?' Keisha asks. "'I don't believe in violence. "'And anyway, it seems to me that the big kids "'would get the blame in the fight. "'No no one's going to think a big kid like me didn't start it, "'so they would assume I gave the punches, not receive them.' "'He stares at his vanilla ice cream "'and then looks up maybe a little happier. "'This reminds me of ice cream on Ellis Island.' You may have a school full of brains, but again, Albert, no sense, Keisha says. When the immigrants came to America through Ellis Island, they would sometimes get ice cream for a treat, but they didn't recognize ice cream. They thought it was butter, so they spread it on toast. We laugh. I think this is like that. Those boys just think I'm a fighter, so they will fight me. No, Albert, they think you won't fight. They think you'll just keep being their punching bag. That's why they fight you. Albert, this is no joke, Keisha says. They leave nasty marks on you. Don't your parents get mad? My mother would hunt down anyone who did that to me. My father is busy with his inventions and my mother has other things to worry about. You should ask them for help, I say. I think Keisha is right. I don't want help. I should be able to solve this. Albert, Keisha says, you can solve this. Just don't let those boys pound on you. You said you're bigger than they are. Yes, I call them the fire ants, a group of small beings that can become overwhelming I laugh, but I'm sad on the inside. No, seriously, Albert. Teach them a lesson. Hit them back. I don't think it is within my nature to hit someone. I will not meet violence with violence. I won't stoop to their level. Stoop to their level, I ask? If I act like them, I am no better, he says. Well, I say this is like trying to give Jello a spine, Albert squints. Some of the most lethal creatures on Earth are invertebrates. Don't throw your science at me, Keisha says. All I know is that you need to stick up for yourself. If you just let them do that, it's like telling them it's okay. Albert stays quiet. I just don't get it, Albert. What in the world would it take for you to fight back? Albert looks upset. I know Keisha is trying to help him, but I think it's like throwing him an anchor for a life jacket. So, Albert, you've always liked science, I ask, trying to get another conversation going. Yes, Albert says, but Allie, I would like to ask you a question. Sure, go ahead. She Shay is not kind to most people, But I have observed she is the most unkind to you, and I don't understand it. Do you know why? Yeah, Keisha says. She really does seem to have it in for you. Yeah, well, oh, is there a story, Keisha says? I just love a good story. There is no story. I won the art award last year, and she was mad about that. Oh, no, there's more of a story. Now spill it. Let's just say she holds grudges. Spill it. Use the word grudges, and there has got to be a good story. Well, on my second day here last year, I bought a bag of cheese crackers at lunch. I was assigned to sit next to her, which she wasn't happy about. I was almost done with my sandwich when she grabbed the bag of crackers from the table and ripped them open and ate them. Are you kidding? She did that? I nod. I really don't want to finish the story. She is unbelievable, Keisha said. Anyway, I've kind of had this habit of doing things without thinking. Well, I used to do it even more than I do now. So when she took a piece of cake out of her lunchbox, I reached over, sunk my fingernails through the frosting, grabbed a hunk, and stuffed it in my mouth. Keisha hangs over the table laughing while Albert looks like I stuck him with a pin. You did that, he asked. And then, uh, I really don't want to tell them this. While I licked the frosting off my fingers, I asked her, so how do you like that? I cringe when I think of Shay's face, total surprised, followed by looking at me like I was a disease on two feet. And somehow, deep down inside, I knew I would pay for that forever. But Keisha is still laughing. That is the best. More people ought ought to put that girl in her place. She walks all over everybody. I kind of think out loud. She thought I was a freak. She deserved it, just taking your food like that. Are you kidding? Well, the thing was, (coughs) I say, and then I stop. I was mad that she'd eaten my crackers. But when lunch was over, I reached into my jacket pocket and I found my crackers. Keisha laughs loud and long while Albert raises his eyebrows. Wait, Albert says, so she didn't actually eat yours? I shake my head. So she thinks you grabbed a hunk of her cake for no reason? Uh, yeah, kind of. Keisha's laughter gets even louder just as my mother is looking across the restaurant giving me the look. Keisha leans against me and says, Okay, I admit it. This is the best story I've heard in my whole long life. Allie Nickerson, if I didn't love you already for that flower thing you pulled, I think I may love you for that. All right, scholars, go ahead and head to Seesaw to do the activity to show me that you listened. See you next week for more.